Chapter 2 She didn't know the class was over until everyone started getting up. The page she was writing on just had a few unintelligible words which she doodled before dozing off and no one even bothered to tap her. After spending the night on assignments and dragging her body to different classes, she needed a cool bathe and a soft bed. Just as she thought about leaving Kate zoomed in with her usual fun and laughter aura. Hey bestie, what's up? She said, moistly popping chew gum. I'm good, what's good? Well, Amanda's birthday party is this weekend. So? Charles will be around. She announced. The first time she met Charles was at Amanda's birthday party last year which Kate dragged her to. She didn't like the noise and would rather read a novel in the comfort of her bed than go out. But that night was different. She was already thinking of leaving when she sighted him in his t-shirt and shorts with sweat all over. He was looking lost in the sea of heads and colorful clothes. She traced him as he left the sitting room, hopeful that he'll return after freshening up. When he did return, it was with a clean shirt, a pair of trousers and a beautiful smile that will forever make her heart skip a beat. Their eyes met when he scanned the room but she quickly shifted her gaze only to see Samantha and Gloria melting away like his eyes were fire and they were steel. That got her annoyed, but she wasn't prepared for the flash of white teeth and an extended arm coming from someone who only said. Can we take a walk since you're bored? It was a friendly gesture but her brain started thinking about 1001 possibilities that could result from that walk. He talked about school and asked her questions which she found to be weird. No one ever asked her what exactly she wanted to do with her life, at least aside being a nursing student in the school of nursing which made it obvious that she wants to be a nurse. But as Charles probed her further to get her reason for choosing the profession and what she hopes to achieve, she was clueless. He smiled at her dumbfounded look and told her not to worry about the fact that she had no answer yet. But she must not continue being clueless as that will determine her level of happiness and satisfaction when she gets plunged in the real world of working as a nurse. She found him fascinating and full of knowledge, and even though she felt stupid and unable to give answers to the questions he asked, she understood from his perspective that a life without purpose cannot attain the ultimate need of man which is self-actualization according to Maslow's hierarchy needs, nor live up to the full potentials that God has given him. He also said a lot of junk words like self-development, talent discovery and development but aside finding his accent tingling and wishing the night would not end, she fell in love with his passion and how he communicated it. The beautiful night ended when Kate called her to meet her in front of the house. Look at this one, only the mention of his name got you out of this world Kate mocked. Why do you always have a way around interrupting important things in my life? She hissed. Just tell your mom you'll be staying over at my place and make sure you have enough to say to your crush because I'm sure he likes gist. Shade hissed back. Thanks for the reminder ma. She packed her books and headed for her car. On a serious note Flora, that guy is just above your league and I'll not advise you to keep dreaming about him, because he's just, I don't know. I wish I can stop dreaming about him. She sighed. I didn't mean to hurt you babe, I mean, he's a university boy with a lot of beautiful girls who are very ambitious. But look at us, we barely have time to finish school work, let alone have time to play and sound bookish she was obviously sad at the gap that nobody talks about but is obviously existing between non-university students and their counterparts in the university. What hurts me most is that we do more and know more about our course compared to them. She lamented. Shade, I'm not in the mood for this who know book pass argument, they obviously have more opportunities so, we'll all be fine. 
The moon was out and the fireflies had already converted every light bulb in sight to a dance floor when Charles ran into his parents' driveway. He raced into the house with his teeth clenched. He had gone out for his usual night jog without taking into account the gathering clouds and he was badly beaten by the rain but kept jogging until he got to his usual turning point. He loved the feeling of getting the winds into his lungs at a fast rate and regardless of how intimidating his friends think his body is now, he wouldn't trade keeping fit for anything. What baffles him most times is how people who knew you when you were obese or overweight suddenly think you no longer need to work out after losing the excess fat. He struggled with body shaming throughout his primary, secondary and even two sessions in the university as an undergraduate. Although he found a way to avoid taking people's thought into consideration, it still affected his eating habits and personality. For him, losing excess fat was just one of the things he had been able to achieve since he clocked 20 but it was the turning point as it opened him to different opportunities and experiences and boosted his self-confidence. It all started when he met John. John happened to be the first person he met who never gave him a questioning look about his weight nor mentioned it in their conversation. All he asked was one question. If you're given a special power to change only one thing in this world, what will it be? Without hesitation he mentioned how much he hated people saying negative things about other people without mentioning anything positive. Why do you think people say negative things about people? John asked. Because they can't stop seeing only the negative. He replied. People say negative things about others because most of the time, it's the negative side that is usually more obvious than the positive. John smiled at his friend's surprised look. No, I don't think so. People just tend to be blinded by the negative side. He argued. Okay, let's do this. What negative thing do people say about you? He asked. My weight and how grumpy I am, he sighed. Is it really a negative trait or people need to see their optician? He raised his eyebrow at John but seeing the seriousness in his eyes, he acknowledged the fact that he was fat and the hurtful words probably contributed to his bad temper. He also found it hard to trust people because no one should like an ugly fat bull like him if they didn't have ulterior motives. After the conversation, they both agreed that his unhealthy weight was something he needed to deal with. Besides, if he didn't like what he saw in the mirror, how can he expect people to like what he saw? Even if they truthfully liked him, he wouldn't trust them because they are not agreeing with his own self-image. So his journey began and John would send audiobooks he needed to listen to while working out daily and served as a mentor to him. And as if the academic staff union of universities wanted him to show up in school as a renewed person, they embarked on a strike that lasted for about five months. Whenever he asked John about the duration of his weight loss program, he simply said, Until you like what you see in the mirror. Those moments renewed him, he kept loving who he saw in the mirror as the months passed by and as he increased his efforts, it was no longer about losing weight, it was more of attaining a great state of mind where he is at peace with himself and can relate with people without fear or low self-esteem. In less than two weeks after school resumed, he was thrilled by how much people really cared about him, and what he had to say and would give anything just to be mentored by him. A friend once asked him what his secret was and he said I simply showed you all more of the positive side of me that part of me that is resilient and goal-driven, the me who loves himself. Part 3 is Loading